The following program is a paid advertisement sponsored by... GLH means great-looking hair. It's the original cotton self-ringing mop. Don't you really want to know? Talk about punk! Pimple. Welcome to the 90s TV Hour and a very special episode because I am joined today by Lyle Perez of the Amazing Advertising Podcast. Welcome, Lyle. Oh, welcome. Yes, welcome to you. Oh, no. Thank you. Uh, So I figured since you have this awesome podcast that explores basically the history of advertising and just different examples of it, that today we would just do something a little different. And explore what I believe to be the most entertaining form of advertising ever, infomercials of the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Infomercials, love them. Can't live without them. They're so much fun, right? And they're like, like when you are at that crucial time between, let's say, usually like 4 a.m. and 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. Right around that time. That's usually prime infomercial time, right? Around the time I'm going to sleep, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you have insomnia, it's just like good to know that there's always something there for you trying to sell you on something. Oh, yeah. I'm such a sucker for those things. I will sit there for hours just watching infomercials. And then I don't call the numbers there because I don't like giving my credit card information out over the phone. But I will go to Walmart or Target, wherever they sell it, buy it on eBay, and I'll buy it. I'll bring it home. And my wife just kills me all the time for it. Yeah, there are even as-seen-on-TV shops that I've seen in malls Mm -hmm. and stuff that I will always be a sucker for. Yeah, I know. I love that stuff. It's good stuff, but once you get it home and it breaks in like 10 seconds, you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. But I have three examples of infomercials that stuck with me, and you have three examples as well. So why don't we start with one of yours? Okay. Let's start with Muzzy. Do you remember Muzzy? Yes, that's French they're speaking. And no, these children aren't French. They're American. And they've acquired their amazing new language skills from Muzzy, the remarkable new video language program for children developed by the British Broadcasting Corporation. With this unique BBC language course, children learn a second language with incredible ease. I do remember Muzzy. (laughs) I remember that commercial so well that... I can pretty much say it by memory. Um, I can't say what the person, what the little girl was saying in French, but it uh, it was something that I do remember watching as a kid all the time because they played it on Nickelodeon nonstop. They did, and I never had the courage to ask my mom to get it. Partly because Muzzy's voice scared me a little. I don't think I ever actually wanted to take <laughs> that plunge. No, yeah, it was, uh, I saw a little bit of it. I didn't understand most of what Muzzy was saying because I watched the English version of it where I guess they were teaching how to speak English and I, I couldn't understand Muzzy. It, it just sounded like like a, like a the Jolly Green Giant. What language was it originating to, to teach English? Uh, it actually started... Um, To teach English, it was created by the BBC, which is the British Broadcasting Corporation, and it was it was first introduced in 1986 and it was done to teach English as a uh, second language. 
Oh, okay. So it wasn't intentional to, it wasn't intended to learn other languages other than English. It was intended for people coming to English speaking countries to learn English. Yeah, it was for English as a second language. Oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah, really strange. It was advertised to us as a way to learn Spanish and French, and I think even Mandarin was in there. Yeah, it, it was it was done in a lot of different languages. Uh, it's still around, which is amazing. But I mean, I can you can go on YouTube and watch some of these things. Uh, I went on YouTube and I saw like a small, I don't know, maybe two minute scene from one. It was so strange. Uh, Muzzy was like wandering around the street, just eating parking meters <laughs> and like the cops show up and the cops were like little mouses or something. And so they jump on him and they attack him and they take him to jail and he's being booked. And the guy that's behind the desk, he's sitting there asking him questions and Muzzy eats his typewriter. And so after that, like the alarms go off and they throw Muzzy in jail. And in like while he's in jail, he's having a conversation with another guy in there, uh, Bob the Gardener, who is you know one of the other, I don't know, characters in the show. And it, it, I don't know that it was just really strange. Wow, we'll have to uh, get find that clip and post it on our social media for everybody to see and just get a taste. Yeah, and none of the voice actors I know. I don't know a single one. <laughs> I have a feeling they're pretty cheap. Yeah, just hired people. But the thing, you know, you know what's not cheap is these videos. They cost twenty eight dollars and eight cents uh, in six installments. That's $164 for four videotapes. That's a ridiculous amount of money, especially considering that if you just wait a few years, you'll get to learn it in school for free. Yeah, it worked out to about $42 per VHS tape. Good Lord. I don't think that's worth it. That is good income. Yeah, that was definitely one of those infomercials that was just omnipresent. You know, it was just everywhere. Like you said, it was on Nickelodeon. I feel like it Mm -hmm. must have been on other channels, but maybe not. Maybe it was only on Nickelodeon. Yeah, I don't know either. I was a Nickelodeon kid, so I watched nothing but Nickelodeon on uh, on TV. Yeah, same here. And they definitely showed it like at least six times a day. <laughs> <laughs> six times an hour is more like it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because it, trust me, it's burned into my skull. It was like a stark contrast between like these flashy, well-produced toy commercials and then this extremely dingy, I mean... It always looks like it has like a layer of filth over it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, if you, dear listener, are a student of Muzzy, please reach out to us at the 90s TV Hour at X or Instagram or 90s TV Hour at gmail.com. I would love to hear of any type of experience with Muzzy because I didn't have that experience personally. So, And Me I don't either. know anybody who did. I don't know either. I, uh, it's still around, so it had to have been successful. For sure. It had to at least sell, sell something and make some sort of profit. Mm-hmm. So that's Muzzy. Uh, we're going to take a little detour now because my first infomercial... Now, my favorite kinds of infomercials, you know, next to the, you know, carpet cleaners and, and all those types of stuff where you get to see dramatic changes, I really enjoy a good compilation CD. <laughs> Who doesn't? You know, Compilation CD infomercials can be a lifesaver when it comes to music trivia, because you'll know 10 seconds of every popular song. And I was browsing 90s commercials for 
album compilations, and I found this one that just absolutely blew my mind. Um, so I have to ask you, when you think okay. of punk music up to the 90s, you know, from, let's say, 77 up to the 90s, what bands come to mind? I don't know. I don't like punk. Right, but I mean, you know, you know of punk bands. Yeah, I know it's punk bands. Um, I don't know. The Ramones, I guess they're punk. Um, gosh, who else is punk? I don't know. I don't know. Punk isn't really my some thing. Some people would say like Sex Pistols. Some people would say oh, okay. The Clash. And it turns out okay. that we're all wrong. You know what really makes us mad? Is wasting money on CDs with only one or two good songs. Yeah. Tell them about punk. Yeah, we got this CD called Punk. It's loaded with our favorite tunes, man. Yeah. Just listen. This punk CD has 36 tunes, man, and I'm telling you, they're all great. Yeah. No, actually, oh, really? according to this 90s compilation album called Punk, punk includes the Human League and Culture Club and, of course, uh, Men at Work. <laughs> In 1996... <laughs> Razor and Tie, an entertainment company started by two NYU law students, released Punk, a compilation of the most misguided choices of punk I have ever heard. Hmm. There is literally not one punk song on this entire compilation of 36 songs. The closest it gets is maybe, maybe Madness, Our House, and that's stretching it beyond belief, but at least they're a ska band. And ska is a, a close cousin to punk nowadays. Mm -hmm. Most examples, in fact, all of the other examples are pop and new wave. They have taken adult contemporary and just labeled it as punk and then sold this CD. And the two people selling you this CD have the most ridiculous red and blue wigs you will ever see. <laughs> It is the most laughable commercial I think I've ever seen to the point where I thought it was a parody. But no, apparently this was real. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's this great 80s compilation. There are all these great 80s songs that I love. You've got Mickey by Tony Basil. Mm -hmm. You know that punk classic. Mm -hmm. You've got Don't Dream It's Over, The Thompson Twins, Karma Chameleon. It really has to be seen to be believed, and I'll definitely post that up on social media, too. We're going to try to put up all of these infomercials as examples throughout the next couple weeks. And it's just, I think calling it punk is a massive insult, because I personally loved punk when I was growing up. Um, I was probably a poser. I'm not trying to say I was authentic, <laughs> but I did enjoy the genre, and I really yeah. found this whole compilation quite insulting. And it's probably explained away by the fact that it was released by law students. Hmm. But, you know, okay. all was not lost with Razor and Tie, the, the company responsible for releasing this trash. They found massive success in the 2000s with the creation of Kids Bop. Are you familiar with Kids uh, Bop? I have children, so yes, I am. <laughs> it is covers of, in case you're not familiar, they are covers of usually pretty inappropriate songs... 
Very. By young children. Didn't they do, like, I Kissed a Girl at one point? Yeah. <laughs> they did a lot of them like that. They've done a lot of songs that just, like, really are not meant to be sung by children, and it's a bummer. But they this is yeah. where they found massive success, as you can imagine. I mean, you've seen Kids Bop everywhere. Yeah, it's still around. Is it still around? Yeah. Oh my god, I, I have got to know CD what's on their latest ago. CD. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's, it's. I don't know, what did the Fox say or whatever. But eventually this distri- distribution company became Razor and Time Music Publishing and started distributing original acts and even some of Broadway's recent hit cast albums, including The Book of Mormon, In the Heights, and Next to Normal. So they are evolving at the very least, but we we both now know their humble beginnings and it is it is sad yeah sounds like it what are like did you like those compilation album infomercials yeah i i still do they're still around i saw one not too long ago with ambrosia <laughs> i don't know if you know who that is i don't know who that is it's uh 70s am gold no oh okay yeah they're just I mean, really comforting it, it, they are very comforting, but we have iTunes now. We have, you know, so much audio online. Compilations have should have died with, you know, with the digital age coming up. All right, Lyle, what do you have next for us? Next, we have The Clapper. Presenting a way to make life a lot simpler. The Clapper. Turn on a light as you enter the room. Turn off the TV. Without getting up, turn on the music. Just about anything. Simple. You remember Clapper? Clap on. Mm. Clap off. Smack, smack. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, the lights just went out. Yeah. No, the they didn't. Now. We're still recording. Oh, nice. Yeah, the Clapper, the thing that turned your appliances on and off. It was. Um, did you know that it was... It's weird. There, there's this weird story with the invention of the clapper. In October 29th of 1965, the The Time magazine ran an article about a sound-activated electric remote that would turn your appliances on and off. This was, you know, 1965. And 20 years later, in 1985, the Clapper, which pretty much did the same thing, debuted. So there's this kind of coincidence type thing that the... um, Because it wasn't the same creators, it was different people, or so they say, that um, they, they came out with the with the article and then 20 years later they came out with the clapper and they had huge success the other product the one that was uh written about in time magazine it never came about uh there's no record of it no nothing but then the clapper came out so oh it was just silenced yeah it it was who knows i mean it, it just call it a scandal or whatever you want to do but yeah it just seems weird that this product never came about and then 20 years later this clapper came out and nobody said anything no nobody claimed hey um in 1965 we did we did this product and here you are in 1985 getting all the credit for something we created believe it or not the clapper is still around i got one for christmas i'd say probably about two years ago does it work it works in the sense of, well, if you look at the directions, the directions tell you clearly that 
it's not the clapping that does it. It's the um, the time. So you have to get the time right. It's a clap on, and then you wait like two seconds because you'll hear it turn on, um, and then the lights turn on, and then clap off, and then the lights go out. It's not as instant as you hear it or you see it on TV. On the TV, on the commercials, they clap and then it instantly goes off. It's not like that at all. And you can do it with anything. You can, um, my wife one day threw the remote at me and it made it made two, no, two like clapping noises or just sounds and the light went out. Um, the dogs barked and it would, it would turn off. Oh, uh, wow. So it's like I said, it's not the it's not the sound, it's the uh, the timing. You got to get the timing right, and then that's what either turns it on or off. I stopped using it probably about a month after I got it because I just got too tired of you know. But yeah, those commercials were awesome though. Yeah, and it's a hell of a way to set a mood when you bring a young lady home if you're a single man. Yeah, that is probably the number one biggest joke in sitcoms when they bring somebody over and then clap, clap, the lights go off, the the uh, stereo turns on. And I think even the Golden the Girls made that joke. I mean, it, that joke is old. Oh, yeah, it's it's everywhere. And I think I saw it on a recent sitcom not too long ago, but I don't remember which one. Well, moving on from The Clapper is another great novelty, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't right. a novelty from some people. Maybe it was an actual real lifesaver. I don't know. But there was something I think I know called... where you're going to go with this. Oh, you do? Do you think I know, you know where I'm going? Where, where, what's your guess right now? Is it like Life Lock or something? Life... Oh, life Hair alert? No. <laughs> That's not it. That's what I was thinking you were going to go with. I didn't do life alert, which is the, um, I've fallen and I can't get up. I've fallen and I can't get up. We're sending help immediately, Mrs. Fletcher. Oh, yeah. Those are really good. Those actually are lifesavers and they do have those today. And I think they are really helpful mm -hmm. and I don't want to make fun of it, but it, it, those commercials are funny. They're very funny. In yes, fact, it is. I had a friend of mine make a request and I do still have the video. He had me edit the infomercial to the song Help by the Beatles. <laughs> and it's evil but hilarious and um Yeah. Yeah, I, I it was that was a fun thing to edit together. But no, I am nice. talking about great looking hair, aka GLH, aka hair in a can. That's incredible. I've been getting harassing for being bald, and I'm only a young man. No more dates without being called old man, but the babes are back. I would definitely, as a matter of fact, I want to order one year's supply of this. And GLH is not just for men. Unbelievable. Wow. I never dreamed that I'd look like this. Oh, wow. That was a huge product in the 90s. Um, so here's how it worked. You spray okay. on this powder it's like these little tiny microfibers it's like a microfiber slash powder something and it matches your hair color and it essentially looks like spray paint when you put it on and you can't be all the way bald you have to be balding because you need to have mm -hmm. hair to comb over it or else it's not going to look natural at all it's basically more of a way to fill out your thinning hair <laughs> more than a solution yeah. to being bald Wow, I am so glad I don't need this product. I still got a full set of hair on me. <laughs> so it essentially looks like spray paint. And then after you put some sort of like finishing spray, I think it's basically like dry shampoo or hairspray. You put that on there, you'd have to comb your hair over it. And it basically just 
gives off this illusion of a full head of hair. Just don't mm-hmm. let anyone get too close to inspect it and give away your secret, you know? <laughs> Maybe avoid hot temperatures as well. Like, don't go out in the direct sunlight. Uh-huh. I visited the website. It describes the product as working like mascara, thickening what's already there. And you see in the commercial, they do spray it on an actual bald person, and it literally looks like spray paint. It looks like graffiti Mm -hmm. is on this man's head. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I just Googled it right now to see a couple of images, and it's bringing back so many memories about this thing. Oh, yeah. This is a classic infomercial. And it should come as no surprise that this product was brought to us by Ron Popeil. He is the king of infomercial products. He Mm -hmm. was responsible for a plethora of well-known infomercial products like the Set It and Forget It rotisserie oven, the Smokeless Ashtray. Don't have that. Do you remember him? I don't remember him per se, but I do remember a lot of those products. Like he had like this pasta maker. If if you saw him or heard his voice, you would definitely remember him because his face was everywhere. And if you love infomercials, you've definitely seen some of his products. Oh, I'm sure I have. You could still find GLH on Amazon for about 36 bucks, but you might want to opt out and just rock your sexy bald head. Because seriously, let's think about John Travolta, for example. You don't want to look like John Travolta, do you? John Travolta? Oh my god, have bald. you seen John Travolta? Recently? I haven't seen him lately. Well, uh, he will not accept that he is a bald man. He d- he refuses to accept this. He wants to be the beautiful man that he was in the 70s. And I'm sorry, but we all age. And he is not aging gracefully. So he wears the worst wigs in Hollywood history. I mean, oh, man. the absolute worst wigs. They have the harshest hairlines. Sometimes he wears wigs where it looks like short short buzz cut and that is the worst and like they have sideburns (laughs) it's awful just look up john travolta hair and you'll see it for yourself it is it makes me really sad because i used to really respect john travolta and if he would just accept that he is a bald man we would all accept it and we would still love him i mean we can't forget about greece and all that good stuff he did back in the day he's just not danny zuko anymore he's now grandpa zuko yeah. <laughs> All right, your turn, Lyle. Awesome. Um, so next up, we have something very special. If you have a birthday, this person will be able to tell you anything you want. Okay. But you knew that. I wasn't sure. I don't know how. The baby looks just like him. Yes, he does. Yeah, so you were in denial because he has a funny little chin, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yeah, and the baby have that same little chin. Oh, my God. The cards can reveal things that you will never see by yourself. Call me now for your free tarot reading. I'm talking about Miss Cleo. Do you remember Miss Cleo? Call me now for your free reading. (laughs) Yep, that is her. Oh, so Uh, entertaining. Did she pass Very entertaining. She did pass away. She She passed away uh, last year on July 26th. So almost a year now. We're coming up on her anniversary. That's. We are. We should call that 800 number. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to explain all that. I'm going to let you do your thing. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I went much into detail about her death, which I should have. 
But uh, the Psychic Network was a paper call service that ran from 1997, which is the decade we're talking about, to 2003, the year that I graduated. Uh, I'm going to say this right now. I don't believe in psychics at all. And especially ones that you have to call. You have to call 800 numbers and pay 99 cents a minute to talk to. Was but it 800 or it was it a Cleo, 900 number? It was 800. Oh, wow. Okay. If you call the number, it um, nothing comes up anymore. It's a dead number. So the psychic network is no more. Uh, Miss Cleo should have seen that coming, but she didn't. Her real name is Yuri Harris. Not Miss Cleo. She's not from Jamaica. She is from L.A. <laughs> right up the right up the road from me. Um, she's got no powers at all. It was all an act. Um, she went on with this act, you know, for a very long time. She was she ended up being the the official spokesman for the whole network, and they ran commercial after commercial after commercial, just nonsense stuff of you know women calling it was mostly women calling asking about their cheating boyfriend cheating husband who's you know my baby's daddy all that stuff and he's got that same funny chin i remember that one in particular i remember (laughs) remember that one like that's your baby daddy because he's got a funny chin the funny chin yeah oh my gosh i saw that earlier today (laughs) it just died with laughter they were very entertaining. So, yeah. I could have, you know, what she should have done. What the mistake she made was sticking to the phone business. If she had tried to make deals and turn it into a talk show, just like those mm-hmm. phonies, uh, like John Edwards, those phonies that like, right. said they could talk to the dead and stuff. If she mm-hmm. had done that and made a book deal and a TV deal and a radio deal, she would still be alive. <laughs> she would still be around, and she would still be doing it. Yeah, still be doing it. Um, she was on, you know, talk shows like uh, Jenny Jones show. She was there. Yeah, Jenny um, Jones had some of the nastiest, worst scam artists on her show. They're so fun to watch now because you know it's all fake. Um, I, I just feel sad for the people that actually called. And she duped them. I mean, most of the time, I'm pretty sure you never really talked to her. It was always some other psychic in the uh, in the network that you talked to, Miss Cleo. Well, uh, how did her career end? Uh, I she don't was know. arrested for fraud. <laughs> she was arrested for fraud, and I had that written down, but I didn't see it until now. Yeah, she was she was arrested for fraud. I don't remember the exact extent. I don't think she ever served jail time or anything. I think she just did like community service. But, you know, she was eventually caught and she was disgraced and she revealed her whole story. And mm-hmm. I remember seeing her probably on something like Inside Edition, like one of those trashy tabloid shows and just right. hearing her actual accent, which was an L.A. woman. And just being astounded. Yeah. And I, just like you, I felt really bad for the... I guess the, we could call them victims. They're definitely victims. It was just mm-hmm. misguided people oh, yeah. that really needed some advice. Yeah, but the sad thing is those same victims probably went on to cause somebody else. They didn't learn their lesson. I'm not Miss Cleo. Rest in peace. You gave me years of enjoyment in my younger years uh, when I actually probably believed in this stuff. And I thought you were the coolest person in the world. But here you are. I think you died of cancer, and goodbye. Yeah, it's a shame that I was only, like, in my teens when she was at her height of fame. Because clearly, if I was her publicist, I would have gotten her a much better deal. 
and she would still be entertaining us today. Well, in happier news, uh, our final product that we're going to talk about is such an American dream success story. There's a critically acclaimed movie about it starring Jennifer Lawrence. It really is the miracle mop when even the kids want to get in on the cleaning. Well, you know, it's 300 feet of continuous loop cotton. And with a simple twist of the handle, you can wring it out as wet or as dry as you like. And in the cotton, unlike synthetics, it won't scratch any surface. And the self-wringing action means that your hands never get into hot water. Plus, there's no bending over, so it's easier on your lower back. Oh, sure. You can take it into the bathtub up the shower stall behind the commode. And after all that messy cleaning, this is the only mop of its kind, you're so smart, that you can put into the washing machine with bleach. This is the product that changed the lives of housewives everywhere. Of course, I am talking about the Miracle Mop. (laughs) The Miracle Mop, I remember that. (laughs) Uh, Joy Mangiano was a single mom who was sick of having to clean her floors with a filthy mop and touching them with her hands to wring them out and clean them. Kind of defeats the purpose of cleaning in the first place. She got the Mm -hmm. idea to create a continuous loop of cotton, I think 340 feet of continuous cotton that enabled the mop to be self-ringing and machine washable. And boom, she had an empire on her hands thanks to Mm -hmm. home shopping. Yeah, I actually had one. Not that I remember. I remember my wife, uh, my wife, my mom, I should say. She uh, she brought one home a long time ago, and she thought it was the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> I don't know a house that didn't oh, have mom. one. No, it was it, it was always around. I remember going to my aunt's houses, and they had one. Uh, it was a a good invention, I guess you can say. But uh, one thing I remember, it was really small. You couldn't really cover much area, and it got dirty pretty fast. It did get dirty pretty fast, and I never had the courage to actually put it into a laundry machine. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I ever took that step. And then what would happen was the the cotton would kind of shrivel up a little bit, and then the plastic would come through mm-hmm. and scratch your floors. Yeah. So it was a great invention because it definitely... I mean, it it infiltrated everybody. And then not only that, it did change the way other mops in the future were designed. Mm -hmm. It had a real impact on the industry as a whole. Yeah, because it it stopped you from having to wring out the mop yourself with your hands. You had something right there that would just do it for you. Right, because not all of us are going to have those industrial buckets where you could put the mop in there and wring it out. So we'd have to do it with our hands, and it was disgusting. And I know Mm -hmm. with her especially, like... She was, like, cleaning up glass and had to do it with her hands. And it was, like, super dangerous. She's like, there's got to be a better way, right? Yeah. So after appearing on QVC with Joy herself presenting the product, it sold over 18,000 units in a half hour. That's incredible. Wow. I can't even believe 18,000 people were watching QVC in that moment. Joy would continue her success as the inventor of huggable hangers, which are those velvet hangers that I swear by. All of my hangers are her huggable hangers. And I had no idea she invented them. There's Forever Fragrant, Comfort and Joy Textiles, and so much more. She has a whole industry now that's based off of um, the Home Shopping Network, HSN, that channel. Right. Yeah. In 2015, her Miracle Mop journey was dramatized in the movie Joy, directed by David O. Russell, and starring Jennifer Lawrence, Bradley Cooper, and Melissa Rivers Uh as her mother, Joan. Ooh. It's a really interesting movie, though mostly fictionalized, like her buzzkill of a half-sister who never existed. But Mm -hmm. Joy herself was a consultant and an executive producer, and she gave it her full blessing. Did you ever see the movie? 
I did not. Uh, I know my wife has because I remember seeing those two in a movie, but I, haven't they been in a couple movies together? Quite a few, actually. Or am yeah, I just thinking? In, uh, you mean Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper? Yeah, the uh, pretty boy and the girl. Yeah, they've been in three movies together so far, and I'm sure there was more, and they're yeah. all David O. Russell movies. Yeah, I probably, I don't know if I saw it, but I do remember seeing them together. It might have been, might have not been. I don't know. When my wife's watching TV, I tune out because I don't like what she's watching. I semi-watched it, I guess. Well, it's actually a really interesting movie. I highly recommend it. I I saw it on a plane, though, to be fair, so it's not like I had anywhere to go. (laughs) But I really enjoyed it. It's also, you know, it's about the journey of an infomercial, which, I mean, who who wouldn't love that? Oh, man, I would love that. I should watch it. I, I guarantee we're going to get a Ron Popeil movie one of these days. I'm counting on it. Well, we're all set, but today we barely scratched the surface. But you know what? If you follow the 90s TV Hour Addicts on Facebook and 90s TV Hour on Instagram, you will see another great 90s infomercial every Thursday because there are so many that I love to showcase all of them. And if you have any yeah. suggestions on your favorites, anything you thought we missed, I mean, we barely, again, we barely scratched the surface. We were just explaining some of our favorites here. Reach mm-hmm. out to us. Either reach out on Facebook or Instagram, or you can email me at 90stvr at gmail.com. Lyle, thank you so much for joining me today. This was so much fun and different. Oh, and thanks for having me. It was really cool remembering these great infomercials with you. Yeah, it was a great time. I really love doing all the research for these things, and I probably will continue to be doing the research for these things because I am fascinated by all of these old uh, advertisements, all these old products, Uh, for whatever reason i am enthralled by all this stuff so i will continue to do research even if i'm not going to do a show about it well speaking of your show why don't you tell us about amazing advertising and where we can find you oh you can find amazing advertising on facebook uh just go uh facebook.com slash amazing advertising podcast i post a lot of advertising stuff uh my podcast is more for advertising mascots uh, you know, we all remember mascots. We had the Taco Bell Chihuahua. Remember Yokiro Taco Bell? Um, the Noid, who always destroyed Domino's Pizza. The, uh, the California Raisins, can't forget about those. The Campbell's Kids. Uh, you name it. The uh, Energizer Bunny. I talk about all those guys. I go into depth about their history, their ups, their downs, why you probably don't see some of these mascots anymore. That type of stuff is what I cover. Um, I play old commercials that would make you remember these things. It's it's a really fun show. I really enjoy doing it. I, I love doing all the research for these things. I love watching all the old commercials. It's a lot of fun. So if that interests you, Find it on Facebook. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And as always, have a great night. See ya. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the 90s TV Hour, part of the Geekscape Network at geekscape.net. If you liked us, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. It'll help us reach new 90s kids just like you. And we really appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at 90s TV Hour and join the 90s TV Hour addicts on Facebook for great 90s content every day. And you can contact us with show ideas or whatever you want to share at 90stvhour at gmail.com. See you next time.